I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Welcome to Connections. Like it or not, summer vacation is coming to a close. Just two and a half weeks left for most kids across the country now. And for parents, that means school supplies, new clothes, and it's also the perfect time to start thinking about adjusting your kids' sleeping routines. Today's guest will give us some great tips and advice on getting our kids' school year started with plenty of rest. After a summer of fun and late nights, it's time to get our child's sleep routine back on track. Today's guest, Jolene Dilksullen, is a certified pediatric sleep consultant for Baby Sleep 101. So you're a sleep expert, is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say pediatric. I definitely deal with the younger ones. It's not, I don't, you know, help the teenagers and the older ones, but uh, for the little guys, that is what I do day in and day out. So this is what I want to know. How does somebody get into that job? Do, are you just a lover of sleep or what? <laughs> Uh, my first child sent me over the edge of insanity. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of parents can relate with that. <laughs> yeah, I was a teacher for seven years. Um, so I have a Bachelor of Education, Bachelor of Music, um, a post-bac in education. So I taught at the elementary range, loved kids, uh, looked forward to starting a family, had my daughter, thought, oh, I just won't you know, do the common mistakes that everybody else that I heard <laughs> around me and all the yeah. warnings. And I thought it would be super simple and was everybody else's fault, not my own. And then we had our first kid and that's, you know, reality. (laughs) Reality struck. So many parents, right? Like, oh, we'll just be a better parent than everybody else. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So she had, um, she was actually good as a newborn. So we thought, you know, we had hit the jackpot. She was sleeping eight to 10 hours, like within the first two months. And we thought, what's, you know, what's everybody complaining about? Um, and then just like many of my clients now, we came across that four month mark, which is just pivotal for their brain development. Um, and things just spiraled out of control. So it took about a year of us trying to figure out and solutions and Googling and, you know, forums on the internet, all that kind of stuff. Um, to solve her issues, and then once we did, it was really life-changing. And I say, when I teach my workshops, I say to people, you know, like, unless you've gone down this route, you think it's very dramatic to say that, but it was so bad for us, and it was so good afterwards that it just really inspired me to help other families. How important is it to get sleep? It is essential. You will literally go insane if you don't have sleep. So it's, um, you know, just up there with the diet, uh, your nutrition, your, um, you know, everything. It's one of those pillars of a healthy lifestyle. Unfortunately, the way we are with society right now, we really don't value sleep the way we do about getting exercise and eating right. Um, but if you don't have the sleep component there, all the exercise and all the healthy eating in the world is not going to help you because the sleep is the foundation. It is the um, cleanser for the brain. It really impacts every major organ in your body. So it is really the essential foundation, which is mislooked, misoverlooked right now um, in society, but it, it is just so important for our health. And it's definitely overlooked during the summer months. How do we get a child who has been used to potentially staying up late or a, mm-hmm. just a, a child who is going to be starting school for the first time ever into a sleeping routine? I think the first major um, component is that people need to be just aware and educated on, you know, how sleep works within the, the little ones. Um, you, as adults, we kind of push ourselves, right? We have our coffees, we have our fluorescent lights, and we don't really feel the effects as significantly. Um, so then sometimes I find that parents feel like, oh, their kid is okay as well. But the problem with children is that when they get overtired, they get really wound up um, just due to the cortisol and the adrenaline, like the hormones that are released into their body, 
they look like they're on overdrive. So first of all, it, it may appear like your child is doing totally fine and, you know, lots of energy and they're running around, but um, it's important to recognize that for kids, when you're seeing those signs, that's already an indication that they're overtired. So I think that's really important just to recognize that, like what you're seeing from your child. Um, but then from there, the next step is, you know, if you can, First of all, getting them hooked into the whole aspect of going back to school. So whether your your kid is, um, you know, really excited to go back to school and see their friends or they're dreading it a little bit, um, it's important to try and hook them into why we want to get back onto a healthier sleep routine. So for some kids, you know, it's just about having that energy to play their favorite sports or have more time to be out in the park and feel really good. But just letting them know that it's so important for how they feel for whatever activity that they like to do, that's kind of the next step. So we want to hook them in. Um, and then from there, we want to just look at their overall routine. So it depends on their age, but usually the elementary kids, they need at least a week of kind of getting their schedule back on track. And, you know, if that bedtime is really late, you might just want to start bumping it up earlier and earlier every day, 15 minutes or so, um, just starting to get their body used to going down a little bit earlier. Um, their whole internal circadian rhythm, their sleep cycle needs that time to adjust and you know I say to my parents it's similar to when um, we go through the time change you know in the spring and the fall or if we're traveling through time zones our internal body clock just needs about a good week to readjust so we want to start putting them to bed a little bit earlier in advance of that school start. If we started today we've got like two and a half weeks (laughs) so that's pretty good then. It is and you know if we're looking at teenagers which is um, a whole different ball game. <laughs> their, their sleep cycles, they often do need about two weeks because they are just naturally, uh, they go to bed later. That's just the way their brain is at this point. They wake up later. Um, so they w- would benefit from starting now and having a much gentler approach to it and just bumping that back for those two weeks. That would be very beneficial for the older ones. Nobody yeah. wants to be that parent the first day of school waking up that grumpy teenager <laughs> after they've gotten like four hours of sleep, right? <laughs> exactly. It's tough for sure for everybody, right? Like just even emotionally, it's very hard to deal with. Here's an interesting question. My daughter will be going to kindergarten for the first time ever, and it's not half days. It's a full day. How do you prepare a child uh, sleep-wise for something like that? They're going to be at school from 8 o'clock till 4 o'clock in the afternoon with no breaks really in there. That's a tough one because, you know, it depends on the child. I, I have a lot of my clients that there's their elementary kids um, were previously taking a nap, you know, and now they're going to full-time days where they don't have that opportunity. So it depends on the structure. Sometimes, even up until grade one, kids benefit from having a little bit of an afternoon rest on their off days or on the weekends when you can give them a little, you know, even an hour nap um, from 12 to 1, somewhere around there. Um, If that's not a possibility, then it's really important to embrace that early bedtime when they're coming home And sometimes that does mean, you know, restructuring when we're doing activities and stuff in the evening um, because the early bedtimes, just the way the brain works and the architect of sleep, for these little, little guys, um, an early bedtime really helps them to recoup that sleep loss and gives them a a nice, deep, restorative sleep in the first part of the night. Um, So that would be, you know, the best thing that you can do is just start putting them to bed really early before you're seeing all the over-hyper, you know, the hyper signs, um, getting them to bed on time. When you say early, what do you mean by early bedtime then? What what times are we talking about? It can be somewhere even between 6 to 7, 7.30. I like that. Yeah, and you know what, there's a benefit. Like sometimes parents will say to me, well, that's really early and we're getting home from work and we have activities. Um, and so everyone's got to, you know, work around their own schedules. However, 
it is really beneficial just for the family, you know, to have those little ones down. They're getting good sleep. Mom and dad have, you know, the evening to themselves, put their feet up and relax. Um, and then everybody's waking up in the morning happy and energetic, and it's a really great way to start the day. And it sets them up for success within the school, right? The school day, they're just, they have that energy to sustain themselves. So going back to when you were saying introducing a nap, is it okay to introduce naps in a situation where they were no longer napping? If you're seeing them really struggle, you know, you're seeing the behavior changes, they're getting grumpy and moody or the hyper um, side is coming up, then, yeah, it's always okay to try that. And you might just have to keep it to, like, an hour or 45 minutes. Um, but if, if it's impacting how they're falling asleep at bedtime, so sometimes we'll look at the nap and it's going a little bit too long, and then we're putting them down at 7 o'clock for their sleep and they're taking till 9 o'clock to fall asleep at night. You know, they're happy, they're singing in their room, they're talking to their walls. Um, but they're, they're not settling down to sleep. In those cases, then we would get rid of it because the nighttime sleep is so much more restorative than nap. But yes, it is certainly okay to reintroduce something, even for a couple of weeks, you know, in the beginning of the year, in September, if they need that on the weekends, that's completely fine. And overall, how many hours should a child of that age get uh, for throughout the night? We're still looking at about 11 to 12 hours overnight. So, wow. it, you know, it depends on what their sleep needs are. Um, these once they're hitting that elementary age, we really want to look at their mood and their behavior, um, specifically between like 4 to 6 p.m. You know, how are they handling life? How are they handling just general instructions, um, cleaning up their toys? Is everything a major meltdown and defiance? Or are they, you know, pretty even-tempered? Um, when you're starting to see those personalities shift one way or another, that's usually a big red flag that they're getting tired or they're even getting overtired, um, which makes it very hard for them to settle down. And how can we make bedtime easier when we're trying to shift and start this new routine as we head back to school? Feeling confident in your choices is a major one because our kids will pick up on any of our insecurities. Um, and they are master negotiators and they will, you know, find that hook, whatever our, our triggers are. Yeah. I have to go to the bathroom. I want, you know, another book. I love you. You know, give me more kisses and cuddles and why is the sky blue? You know, you'll see all those kind of stalling techniques and that's so age appropriate. That's normal. Um, but they really look to us to be the leaders and set that boundary with confidence and love and respect. Um, but, you know, making whatever it is, 7 o'clock, if that's bedtime, that's bedtime, and it's really important that we follow through. So sometimes even um, having a really fun picture chart with just the expectations um, set up in advance is a good way to do it. Very visual, you know, maybe have pictures of your kid doing each of their steps before bedtime, you know, pre-posing with picking up their pajamas or choosing a book or pretending to lie in their bed. Um, you can just have those pictures laid out on a chart with their steps, um, and it just becomes a nice visual reminder of what they're expected to do. And the other part of that, though, is if bedtime is 7 o'clock and, you know, they've stalled with all those other preceding steps, it's important that we still follow through. And, like, you know, unfortunately you chose not to <laughs> choose your pajamas quickly. It's now 7.05. I love you. We can't do our books, you know, good night. Um, because if, if we're firm with those rules, then they will respect that really, really quickly. Um, but the charts are a nice way for them just to see those visual cues every night. Personally, I have a lot of trouble falling asleep, so I find I need to avoid, like, stimulation a couple hours before I want to go to sleep. Like, uh, no screens, no noise, I need lights off. Are there things like that we should be doing for our kids, like turning their screens off a couple hours before bed or... Absolutely. There is, you know, a series of kind of healthy sleep hygiene or good sleep habits 
um, that we all benefit from. So one of the major ones is just watching the light levels in the evening because that is a major cue for the brain to either signal the release of melatonin, which is our sleep hormone that only is released when it's starting to get dark, or the daytime hormones, you know, the cortisol is starting to kick in when we the brain is perceiving light. So just watching the, the amount of light that they're being exposed to in the evenings is important. Um, electronics is a huge one, 60 to 90 minutes. They should be away, shut off. Um, Mom and Dad can get in it too, you know, and everybody just turn off their electronics, shut the TV down. Um, because of the, the LED lights, it, all those tend to be blue-based, and any blue lights will suppress melatonin release within the brain. So um, putting all those electronics away, 60 to 90 minutes, having an awesome, relaxing, soothing wind-down routine is a great way, too, to just signal the body to settle down. Um, many adults and kids benefit from, like, a nice hot bath or a hot shower because when we leave and the body cools, it actually is doing the same process that when we're falling asleep, our core temperature is always lowering. So it's already triggering um, them getting ready for sleep, and we don't have to really do anything. So having that nice wind-down routine, a couple of books, you know, something very little stimulus that we don't want a ton of, um, you know, activities coming at them. We want something just really relaxing and calming. Sometimes journaling, sometimes just, you know, doing a coloring book for kids um, can also be a really good way to, to settle down. And then also just watching your activities in the evening, too. You know, um, any sort of exercise 90 minutes before bedtime is really going to counter all these other effects that we're trying to do. So we want to make sure that there's not a lot of high-intensity activity right before bedtime. So, Jolene, for kids like mine that just don't want to sleep, how do we fix that? Yeah, like I see a lot of um, kind of kids that I went through even with my daughter with her first experience uh, and, and just comes down to feeling confident, like I mentioned before, and setting those rules with love and respect, but following through. And that's hard for a lot of us because it's, it's you know, our parent heart just breaks. We want to give them extra kisses and cuddles at bedtime. Um, so sometimes rules just kind of go out the door and, and things spiral out of control really quickly uh, because they are, you know, they're great at, at negotiating with us. And then that sleep debt, as they get overtired from day to day, um, the sleep debt builds within the body. So we start to see a very strong cumulative effect happening over the next several days or weeks. Um, and then they're just really out of control because they're wired all the time. The body is sending out all those hormones to keep them fighting the fatigue, essentially. Um, so, yes, I definitely deal with that, helping parents just get a, a better structure going, um, getting a little bit more consistent routine, having some sort of sleep rules or expectations, and then following up with that. We can start to get into the medical side, which is not where I would deal with um, to help, but I would certainly see certain red flags, you know, if there's any sort of airway issues, sleep apnea, um, anything breathing-wise tends to start to cause sleep issues as well, and then that would be a referral to your pediatrician or ENT as well. Be honest, Jolene, have you been sticking to a good bedtime routine all through summer with your kids? Oh, with my kids, yeah, with myself, not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as soon as my kids, especially my older one, my daughter, she's still a sensitive sleeper, so as soon as she's not in bed, um, you know, on time, just her her mood and her general (laughs) attitude towards life changes, and I see it significantly. So sometimes, you know, I say that to my clients, it surprises them that when I'm even helping them with their babies, and we see already little personality traits, um, some kids are definitely more sensitive to sleep loss even as they get older. So it's not just because they're in you know school. Um, it doesn't mean that they still don't need that sleep and good, solid, restorative sleep. It, it, it affects them um, immensely the next day for sure. For people who want to learn more or look into the services that you offer, how do they go about doing that? 
they can check out my website. So it's babysleep101.com. I'm also on Facebook. I do regular free Q&As most Wednesday nights on uh, my Facebook page. So people can just pop in their question, and I try to answer as many as I can within the hour. It's usually from 8 to 9 p.m. Um, and then I'm also teaching workshops. So I have one um, tonight, Wednesday night, on uh, Nest Family Center. I do regular workshops through them. I also go to daycares and then mummy groups and, you know, just kind of share the education that way as well. Well, big thanks to Jolene for joining us. Uh, good luck with that 7 p.m. bedtime, everybody. Well, I've definitely learned a lot from her today. It's been a great episode. We'll talk to you again on Connections.